You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. After you get into a segment that you are all very fond of. It's a segment that gives you a lift off, that you have a lovely, straight and beautiful flight with none other than our very own Ibrahim Badacha. He is my Ibrahim Ba. And Alhamdulillah, astute businessman, well known in the travel uh, fields, and Alhamdulillah, a legend indeed. And also with his uh, humanitarian work, and uh, not forgetting the civic work that he does, Ibrahim Ba is uh, the go-to man. And for the listeners of Madka Sahaba, he is there at uh, your service. Alhamdulillah, he does it purely for the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. I really appreciate him and uh, thank him from the bottom of our hearts, uh, Ibrahim Ba. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khaira for joining us on your segment, Travel Express. And after many moons, Ibrahim Ba, how are you doing uh, this evening? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Brother Shafat and our listeners to Radio Marcus Sahaba. Uh, Alhamdulillah, I'm in good stead. And uh, let me just say I missed you for a while. And it's good to be back. And I consider it an honor and a privilege to be sharing this program with you and the listeners. Thank you so much. Hey, Brian Ba, you've become an integral part of my broadcasting and also uh, the broadcasting of um, Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'a. I mean, I showed you, uh, uh, you know, some messages from listeners around the world that, that when you didn't appear, and it this happened because of some technical hitch. We're talking about the uh, evening pro, you know, the the, the weekend programs where we, uh, you know, did uh, uh, do it in 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 Ramadan. Also, that the listeners went. Uh, I mean, they got into depression mode. You didn't come, Ibrahim, uh-huh. so you can see how much they love you, Ba. You say the nicest things, Brother Shafat, but uh, look again, uh, I'm pleased to think that uh, I was missed in a nice uh, sense and uh, glad to be back again. So let's get the show on the road. Uh, talking about the, getting the show on the road, uh, uh, you look at uh, South Africa and this uh, Praveen Gaudan. I don't know how to read this man, uh, but, uh, you know, knowing him, uh, you know, like personally, because you see him at the uh, in the malls and you talk to him and, you know, uh, we have common friends and so forth. Uh, but we noticed that uh, with uh, Praveen Godan, SAA is a new uh, interim chair, former tourism, uh, uh, you know, Derek Hanukom. Yeah, says he's been uh, told a, strate- a strategic equity partnership deal with the TAC. Tak, uh, what's this? Takatso consortium Takatso, yes. may uh, may be finalized in months. Now, Ibrahim, you know the ins and outs of all this. Hanakom coming in and uh, the comments on SAA equity and Pravin Godan uh, in having his hands in so many other shares and so forth. Uh, can you give us uh, some of your opinion on this? And uh, it seems as if sanity is not prevailing anywhere in this country, uh, especially when you look at the SIUs and so forth, Ibrahim. Uh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, Brother Shafat. And look, uh, just to give you a rundown on what the uh, status quo is insofar as SAA goes, uh, Praveen did mention to Derek Hanukam, who is now the uh, interim uh, head of uh, SAA, the chair. He used to be the former Minister of uh, Tourism and uh, I think there, uh, uh, Praveen managed to convince him to come out of retirement or whatever and take the helm again of this uh, sort of new SAA that we are talking about. And 
the deal that he said is going to take four months, that uh, is a bit of a big ask. I think there'll be a little bit of a delay. There was all the uh, T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. So uh, I'm taking that with a pinch of salt, really. Just to give you some details of the deal, it's between South African Airways and its uh, strategic equity partner, partner called Takatso Consortium. Okay, and this is made up of uh, an investment firm called Harit. I would think that is more Middle Eastern, maybe Saudi or somewhere, and Global Airways. And uh, Global Airways, incidentally, is the owner of Lyft Airline. So these are the partners in Takatso that are going to be taking a 51% uh, stakeholding in the new deal with SAA. Now, as for Praveen commenting that it's due, uh, the, the deal will be done in the next few months, uh, four months to be exact, that's what he said. I think even uh, even Derek Hanukkah is somewhat uh, skeptical because there's lots of uh, hoops to be jumped through, lots of bureaucracy and things like that before they approve to the satisfaction of both parties. So uh, this deal, incidentally, was announced way back in June of 2021. And despite SAA getting another $1 billion, with a B, bailout in the 2023 budget to settle legacy debt owed by South African Airways, uh, the Department of Public Enterprises, which is, of course, chaired by uh, uh, Minister Praveen Gordon, estimates that another eye-watering 2.5 billion rand is needed right before they clear the decks. Now, Takatso, uh, to its credit, has made it patently clear that it will not take any of uh, SAA's legacy debt on. And uh, Takatso itself will be injecting about 3 billion rands into the new SA. And that only as a proviso after it comes on board once all legacy debt has been settled and regulatory approvals obtained. That's what I was alluding to that, you know, there's going to be a, a bit more time that's needed before everyone gives it a green light, you know, it's all a question of, uh, you know, having approval to fly in and out, what, what uh, freedoms they're going to have insofar as uh, the flights and things like that. So I think it'll take a little bit more personally. And uh, whilst Derek Hanekam says that SAA had turned the corner in the sense that it is not uh, in receivership, it's not in a crisis. However, the last year's financials uh, still got to be tabled. So <laughs> I don't know what that's going to throw up. Let's see. And uh, SAA, in a very reduced uh, form, now currently flies to some other African destination. And it is looking at resuming some international routes. Of course, it's much, much smaller than before having been in business rescue. But the good thing is it's not a loss-making airline anymore. Uh, however, Hanukkah added that he had faith in the airline and its value to South Africa. And uh, while it's in new interim board wouldn't just uh, uh, rubber stamp decisions, it's still waiting on the competition company commission and other regulators who are currently reviewing this deal. And uh, of course, the interim board has not yet had a chance to look at what still needs to be done before the deal is finalized. The fact that they were just appointed recently, uh, it makes sense. So uh, let's just wait and see where this goes and how long it's going to take. Uh, no, by, uh, you're very eloquent indeed. And, uh, you know, the, the, the point to make is uh, this mess, I mean, it could have been avoided. It shouldn't have been. But it turned out to be a hell of a, 
you know, a big disappointment. You took uh, one of the finest mm. airlines in the world and you made it a laughing stock, Ibrahim Ba. Yeah, but then, uh, you know what, uh, it's the Midas touch in reverse. You know, King Midas, everything he touched allegedly turned into gold. Well, I won't tell you what this turns out to whenever anything the ANC government does, it turns uh, in the other direction, you know. And uh, unfortunately, this is just one of the state-owned enterprises that have been destroyed, literally destroyed, gutted, looted to the nth degree, so much so that you are now, you know, having to pick up the pieces and start all over again. The fact that there's going to be a, a majority stakeholder partner from the private sector, that is uh, encouraging. And let's just hope uh, that this takes off and it works well for the partners in the deal. But uh, yes, you are correct in what you're saying, Brother Shafar. They have really destroyed not just the uh, state-owned enterprises, but the country at large. From the country, and uh, we look at Cape Town, and uh, we see uh, flights are diverted uh, from Cape Town as uh, technical problems hit yeah. the airport. Uh, yeah. What's happening in Cape Town, Ibrahim? Well, look, uh, the thing is, as you know, we are moving into uh, winter slowly. Yeah. And on Tuesday morning, there was a, a huge, uh, heavy uh, fog over the uh, airport area. And uh, unfortunately, at that time, Cape Town Airport, Cape Town International, they experienced uh, some fiber network fault uh, that compromised the uh, instrument landing technology. So it was not available to land planes in the heavy fog. And uh, that is what caused uh, the diversion or rerouting of the flights just to prevent any nasty accidents. And these things can happen very quickly, especially when you are unsighted. If you have the system up and running, you can literally uh, see exactly what is going on through the fog. But it wasn't working because of that. And they uh, decided that uh, caution was uh, in order and they didn't allow the planes to land until the fog had lifted some hours later. Now, the limitations on runway equipment and consequential diversions are frustrating to just about everyone, most of all the customers. And uh, whilst uh, Access says they'll do their best uh, to get the customers sorted and include, uh, this includes, of course, to the airlines concerned, additional costs of landing at diversion airports, refueling, and to get customers back. So uh, basically you're operating uh, these flights uh, three times where you, let's just say you took a flight from Durban to Cape Town you had to go back and then fly back again so it's three times so uh, who's going to pick up the tab for that that's a million dollar question I would think uh, the airlines would bear the brunt of it whether AXA would come to the party and help out God only knows but uh, that's what happened and uh, the airlines involved uh, usual suspects uh, fly SAA uh, fly Safair, sorry, Sem Air, and uh, of course, Airlink, Lyft, and your own SAA. And I believe a few international flights were also reportedly impacted. So uh, this uh, not just affected Cape Town, but because uh, being you know, in close proximity along the same latitude, I would think uh, George, the airport in George was also affected. So that is what happened last Tuesday. And uh, it did inconvenience many of the uh, passengers, as well as cost a pretty penny to the parties involved. 
Ibrahim, huh? and uh, then uh, on the more funny <laughs> side, or maybe I say, you know, hey, the royal side, how Eastern Cape uh, government uh, fixed up dilapidated uh, airports for UAE royals. Hey, they had a royal time there, Ibrahim. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. As they say, shake, rattle, and roll. This country. Shake, rattle, and roll. Shake, rattle, <laughs> the gold. <laughs> gold. Uh, yeah, okay. This uh, saga carried on at the once uh, hub of the short-lived and grandly named Siskai International Airways. Basically, we're talking about the Bulembu Airport near Kons, which is formerly King Williamstown, for those uh, who refer uh, you know, to the old name. And uh, despite it having a multi-million rand facelift sometime in 2007, it had become a place where, and I say this in italics, airplanes did not land anymore. But after a 20 million rand donation, they call it a donation from the UAE, the Eastern Cape government improved the facility and installed a generator to boot to prepare for the arrival of the president of the UAE. And they stipulated that there were no real upgrades as such. What was done was some garden services. I think they most probably cut the bush that was in the outfield along the runway, uh, cleaning up the entire area, painting the lines on the runway, fixing the runway itself and replacing the landing lights. So that is what went into uh, uh, the affair in that airport. And 20 million rand, I think, would have bought you more, whether there's some money lying somewhere. I'm not sure. But anyway... Uh, private planes uh, transporting the leader of the UAE uh, and uh, the ruler of Abu Dhabi, Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed Al Nahyan, and his entourage arrived at uh, Bulembo Airport this week for a visit to the Sheikh's own game reserve that he bought somewhere between Makanda and Bedford in the Eastern Cape. Now, the Eastern, Pre- Eastern Cape Premier said this was a private visit and uh, not at the invitation of the Premier. And the head of communication said the airport was in line with South Africa's protocols, temporarily designated as a port of entry to enable the passage of the UAE uh, leader. Uh, how much of truth is in that, Allah knows, but uh, that's what they are uh, saying. And they also added that the province is working hard to strengthen trade relations with the UAE in various areas, such as uh, education, agriculture, energy, oil and gas, research and innovation, and partnerships in the aviation economy. And uh, the province hopes to use this opportunity to convince UAE citizens that the Eastern Cape is both a tourist destination as well as an investment destination and they believe that hosting their president is a crucial step in this regard. So there you have it, uh, Pa. You know, absolutely. And uh, here you find uh, that, uh, you know, exemption or exemptions are made for uh, people with the power and so forth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's owning uh, uh, his own game reserve in Makanda. So it's only for the family. He doesn't even open it to the public. Uh, no, no, it's private, private, like everything else. And yeah, I take exception to the fact that, uh, you know, you make uh, fish of one and fall of the other in the sense that if money talks like the Guptas, you know, Waterkloof, you know, that saga, that wedding flight that landed there and things like that some time back. It's the same old, same old over here. I mean, uh, the main uh, international airports are not more than, what, 60K away, but I think uh, they are quite prepared to cough up 20 million rand. It must be small change as far as they are concerned to have the... Uh, 
added uh, convenience and privacy of landing at uh, this airport that's away from all the, uh, you know, regular tra traffic, airport traffic and passenger traffic. So, uh, yeah, that's where we are. Ibrahim, you know, looking at the old Durban airport, you know, that's right near me. It's about three yeah, minutes yeah. away. Uh, I mean, uh, it just a wasted uh, airport. I mean, it was a fully-fledged airport. It was uh, functioning beautifully. And suddenly they just uh, decided, no, let's make a farm come through there or some uh, uh, cars, uh, storage uh, place and so forth. Uh, has it been wasted? And, I mean, uh, what thinking goes into uh, the, the, the powers that be that they allow an, a, a fully-functioning airport to this uh, ever way, Brahimba? Yeah, well, like they say, in instances like this, especially when government and politicians are involved, follow the money. It's very simple. You see where the money is going and you'll know why they did it. You know, they'll give you a whole lot of bulldozers around it, like, oh, it was the runway was too short and blah, 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 and so on and so forth. But the last time I checked, there was lots of space to the south of that airport to have extended that runway if they really desperately needed so. Currently, the people are planting uh, vegetables over there, if my mind serves me correctly. So I think it was just a big, uh, uh, how shall I say, you know, thing that they used the World Cup as an excuse and things like that. And they did what they did at the cost of many billions. But uh, this is the, the, the games they play. And the thing is, they're not answerable to anyone but themselves. So uh, they have carte blanche and they use the taxpayers' hard-earned money as they please, as if it's their own little piggy bank that they can just dip into every so often. You know, the uh, talk uh, around was uh, that uh, there's a mafia cartel, uh, the uh, FIFA themselves. Mm -hmm. into, uh, and they, they, they actually dictated. They dictated to us what they're going to do and what you yeah. should do. And yeah. uh, they became suddenly, uh, you know, a judge, a jury, and executioner. Yeah. And uh, they left us in a mess, Ibrahim. Bah. Honestly speaking, well, they left us in a mess. I mean, fortunately, like uh, Athens, Athens was uh, bankrupted because of the Olympic Games they had not so long ago. And we very much are still paying for the wonderful stadia and airports and 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 that was occasioned purely because uh, and be at the behest of FIFA. And to add insult to injury, they were exempted from VAT. How's that grab you? Hmm. That is another story altogether. And then you find uh, uh, Moses Mabida Stadium in uh, disrepair. How true is that, Ibrahim? Ba? Yeah, the thing is that, uh, just to give you one instance, that, uh, uh, what do you call it, funicular railway that goes to the top? I think that's what they Yes, call. yes, yes. Yeah, that stopped working years ago because of lack of maintenance and spare parts, and, 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 and it's going to cost too much to fix it. So they're looking to get some money to replace the cab, and, and it just goes on. Apart from that, there are cracks appearing here, there, and everywhere. And, uh, of course, nothing lasts forever. This is something that the uh, powers that be don't seem to get a grasp of, like our road networks is falling to pieces. You know, they expect it to last forever. It never does. And the thing is, if there's no uh, regular routine maintenance, the thing is, everything's going to deteriorate to the point that it's going to cost you twice as much to redo the entire thing as it would have if you did periodic maintenance to take care of the little bits and pieces. So, yeah, it's another one of the sad stories, Bob. Well, we talk about the sewage in the Indian Ocean here, yeah, and we talk about <laughs> everywhere. I mean, our roads. Thank you, uh, Allah. Our, uh, my, my, my road is sorted out, Ibrahim Ba. You know, yeah. the last few times you came, you checked the thing yeah. on the overflowing with sewage. But Ibrahim Ba, there's it here, man. Clogged toilets force Australian uh, Airlines a flight 
uh, to yeah. return. I can't believe it, Ibrahim. Ba. Talk to us. <laughs> I will believe it. Look, this is not a, 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 how shall I say, a common occurrence. It's a, it's an anomaly, really. And uh, this we go all the way to Vienna and Austria, right? And uh, this plane had uh, taken off and was two hours into the flight uh, from Vienna to New York. And unfortunately for everyone concerned, five of the eight uh, toilets on this uh, Boeing 777, five out of eight uh, malfunctioned due to a technical problem. You know, everything's technical. If there's a delay, it's technical. If the toilets don't work, it's technical, blah, blah, blah. So it goes. And some three 300 passengers were inconvenienced on Monday's flight. And uh, it was set to last eight hours, but uh, two hours into the flight, the crew took it upon themselves to turn the plane around and land back in uh, Vienna. And, uh, of course, the uh, spokesperson for the airline uh, reiterated that uh, the plane was uh, fixed already and back in service and the effective passengers were rebooked on other flights. Of course, uh, it's easy to say that, but uh, if you're on tight schedules, have appointments and meeting business and otherwise on the other side, you can imagine what it does to your schedule. But uh, having said that, that was the scenario uh, with the uh, Boeing that had uh, five out of eight toilets uh, malfunctioning. Yeah, Ibrahim, all these things, you know, as a, it's conveniently technical problem, mm. or, you know, it was uh, this thing malfunction, or you go to uh, to, to pay your bills. Even, even if, the, if the wheels fell off, they'll tell you it's a technical problem. Yeah, a technical in problem. In a sense, it's correct, but they don't want to go into the nitty-gritty. No. I remember this once we were in India somewhere. Yeah, it was somewhere in one of these uh, rural areas. And uh, this guy... <laughs> On the uh, intercom, I think it was the pilot or co-pilot, not sure. We're ready for it. Oh, no, the, the the technician has gone to the stores to get a part that is broken. That's what he had to say. <laughs> I was being <laughs> handed. Of course, that didn't go very well, go down very well with everyone on board, including myself. So that is why they use that uh, uh, term, you know, technical uh, problem, and they get away with it. Yeah, and uh, what about that when you go to the license office and uh, they're oh, in a big queue, oh, and suddenly oh, when you get there, say, oh, sorry, the lines are down. Down. Just like that, Ibrahim. Load shedding, lines are down. What do you do then? Tell me. Mm. It's an amazing uh, thing. Well, I, I, you know, Ibrahim, I really thought we do all the toy toying in this country. Mm. Who's, who's, and you know, all that. Uh, but now the news is uh, that a security guard at London's Heathrow Airport to strike in May. Yeah, Theresa mm. May is gone, but they're going to strike in May, Ibrahim Ba. Yeah, but look, uh, the thing is, I have family living in the UK, and uh, the word from there, it has never been this bad. You know, insofar as uh, inflation going up, the currency being going down, and uh, uh, generally the economy of the uh, UK is in a desperate situation right now. So I can understand why the security guards are wanting to strike, and uh, apparently this is going to happen for a further eight days uh, during May because of a uh, pay dispute, right? And uh, this. Uh, Industrial action has been rumbling on for some time now. And uh, it affects about 1,400 security officers who walked out for 10 days. That was over Easter and caused mayhem at the airport, right? Because of everyone wanting to go on the holidays and come back and that sort of thing. And uh, the latest stoppage at uh, Heathrow's Terminal 5 will be on May 
4 to 6 and 9 to 10 and 25 to 27, uh, the trade union said. Now, you'll see they specifically chose those dates, right? And uh, this comes at the, on the same day that Britain's Office of National Statistics revealed UK inflation held stubbornly above 10% last month and uh, further fueling the worst cost of living crisis in a generation. And that's what I said earlier. And uh, it has prompted strike action by various public and private sector workers, from nurses to port workers, and of course now security uh, personnel at the uh, Heathrow Terminal 5. And they're not taking kindly to the double-digit double inflation rates uh, uh, because things are more costly and of course their money is not going as far as it should. And this is the reason why they have this impasse right now. And. Uh, they said that they are seeking a substantial permanent increase in pay from Heathrow and uh, Heathrow's management on the other hand said they had engaged in talks for months and had improved uh, a 10% pay rise offer with a further £1,150 lump sum uh, at the end of the year. But uh, they maintain, Heathrow maintains that uh, Unite, which is the uh, labor union, for the security personnel is refusing to put this revised offer to its members. But uh, be that as it may, they are trying to allay fears and says that, oh, uh, operations will still be running smoothly without with minor inconvenience and this and that and all that. But uh, if you've got no security there, it is a challenge. Huh? So uh, I'm not sure uh, how great the disruption will be this time around, but uh, let's wait and see. Like what you said there, Brian, but let's wait and see. Well, uh, maybe one of the best airports in the world is a Dubai airport. Look at how efficiently it's run and, you know, no delays and so forth. But look at how efficient the Dubai airport is with the gold mafia. I don't know if you watch the documentary. Hey, <laughs> it's Dubai. That's where you're going to buy gold and you let the gold get old in Dubai. Brian, talk to me about, uh, you know, airports being compromised, uh, you know, keeping a, uh, a meretricious facade. But beneath it, when you get to see all the rot that goes through, you, 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 I mean, is it surprising to you? Not surprising. The thing is, if you uh, realize that the Bank of International, what was it, PICC? Uh, banks, uh, yes, international and criminals, they called it when all the shenanigans broke out. Yeah. Yes. Now, the thing is, there's lots of shady business that goes on and goes down in Dubai. Of course, uh, Nobody talks about it. They all talk about the glitz and the glamour and the next highest building or outrageous uh, sort of theme park or whatever that's going on to attract even more uh, tourists or uh, potential buyers of the never-ending developments over there. But uh, a lot of it happens over there. A lot of uh, things uh, get transshipped through that uh, Chebel Ali free port. And this gold mafia is running a mock like you can't believe. I, I just uh, scanned that article. I didn't even get to watching the video. So busy have we been recently. And of course, Ramadan being, uh, you know, quite hectic, uh, going to Tarawih and very little time in between. So I haven't been following it too closely, but the thing is, uh, that's um, money laundering on a grand scale with the, uh, of course, uh, uh, approval of the uh, powers that be in Zimbabwe. And uh, basically, they uh, just squashing their money for all the uh, illegitimate uh, proceeds of the uh, illicit uh, tobacco trade that is uh, so lucrative that they don't even have to look at uh, running drugs like cocaine and heroin and all that sort of thing because there's less risk 
you know, uh, insofar as that goes, if you should get uh, caught and apprehended and brought to book. So, uh, yeah, it is a scheme that is working for, I think, uh, our South African partners here who are involved in it, as well as those sitting in Dubai and running things from there, and not to mention uh, the uh, Zimbabwean government. So, you know, uh, the thing is, I think uh, all the value system uh, in the world has been inverted right uh, black is white truth is lies ignorance is knowledge and so on and so forth so uh, it's not uh, something unusual you know in in this sort of scenario that we find ourselves in globally where people are taking the easy route and doing uh, the most outrageous things uh, of course illegal but uh, they don't care because with the kind of money that they make, they can pay off and buy off the chief of police or the minister here or even the president there and so on and so forth. So And so it goes. So, no, I'm not surprised at all at what is going on. And I think this is just one of, uh, you know, many that are going on but are never brought to light insofar as that goes. So uh, that is why it might surprise somebody. But to me, no, no surprises there, ma'am. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the biggest uh, laugh of it all is a diplomatic immunity. So mm-hmm. there's a diplomat. He's got immunity. He's in a private jet. When he comes at the airport, he can be carrying air, uh, non-narcotics whatever. and uh, or whatever, diamond, gold yeah. and all. He just gets away scots-free, Ibrahim Ba. Mm, that, unfortunately, is the way the system is run and operated by the crooks in tuxedos. I always call them that, you know. Mm. Crooks in tuxedos, eh? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's yeah, right. You know, they had these fancy balls and this and that and presentation and looking the part. But meanwhile, underneath all the filth is there, you just got to scratch deep enough. Bramba, always a great uh, chat with you and a lot of hikmah comes through. And all that experience uh, that you have had, uh, you really bring it to the fore. And I'm so glad uh, we document that. Bramba, your parting words uh, this evening? Yeah, my parting words, seeing that I haven't had a parting shot in a long time, let me tell you. <laughs> right. Uh, in the final analysis, I think that when the dust settles, we will realize how little we need, how very much we actually have, and the true value of human connection. That is something that we are losing touch of. Everyone's so stuck on their social media and their gadgets. The art of conversation is dying, a painful and slow death. You're absolutely right, but you and I, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I and I, we know how to tune people. Yeah, because we read those books, we read our Chaucer's, we read our Dante, we read our William Shakespeare. There's one Englishman says, hey, do you know, after I read The Merchant of Venice and I looked at the quality of mercy is not strange. It falls from heaven like a drop of rain. I can tell you that Shakespeare was a Muslim. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's a good one. By the way, he's a revert. He's a revert Britisher. He said it in tongue in cheek. He said, no, that's my opinion. You sure. like it or you don't like it. But uh, if he could write that, yeah. I, I mean, he, I, at that time, you know, Britain was uh, anti-Catholic too, I think, very mm-hmm. anti-religion. But here was a man that identified the Yahudi and he went and wrote those lines. You yeah. know, that Allah is so compassionate and that uh, mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so forth. He yes. said he couldn't have got it from any other source. Islamic divine, divine, inspiration. divine, divine indeed. And I mean, that's uh, that's interesting, Ibrahim, but you yeah. know that because I was, um, you know, also read a lot of Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that uh, that does in a great stead, you too, Ibrahim. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, but uh, Alhamdulillah, Allah bless you. 
for being a star on uh, on on the segment also. So you have a beautiful, lovely evening ahead. I will talk to you so, uh, soon, Ibrahim Ba. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you and our listeners out there, and uh, it's good to be back. Thank you. Yeah, always uh, great to have Ibrahim Ba. Keep it uh, locked on uh, to uh, Marcus Sahaba for brilliant uh, programming, and uh, I'd like to thank Lucano for great engineering from the team. And I till we meet you again, uh, we bid you assalamualaikum. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.